Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fed Talks. I am Jimmy Chrisman, your host of the Fed Talks, and this is season two of the podcast, episode six. Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Each week, I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening and checking out what we're doing here every week. I really appreciate everyone uh, sharing what we're doing and, and interacting with us on social media. So please continue to do that. I have a wonderful interview for you today. Uh, Dana Taylor was a tech theater teacher and music teacher at Mount Vernon Senior High School for about 30 years, um, and now he is teaching theater education at University of Evansville in Indiana. So I had a fantastic chat with him, and I'm excited to bring you some of his stories and words of wisdom from his very long career, um, and he had such nice things to say to me about what I'm doing here at the podcast, and it really was encouraging uh, just to keep doing what I'm doing and to keep bringing you these fantastic stories from these fine theater educators all across the country. I am looking for more interviews, so if you are interested in chatting with me, please email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to chat with you. Dana is number four in our series on tech theater, so I hope you enjoy my interview with him. I'm excited to welcome to Fed Talks next guest, Dana Taylor. Dana recently retired after 30 years of teaching technical theater. Um, I, I know his last school was Mount Vernon Senior High School in Mount Vernon, Indiana. So Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself, kind of tell us a little bit about um, about your long career and maybe the, maybe the abridged version and uh, kind of what led you to where you are now. Okay. Again, my name is Dana Taylor, and I just recently retired from Mount Vernon Senior High School, Mount Vernon, Indiana. Um, I came to Mount Vernon 30 years ago as their choir director. And at that time, they were doing remodeling at the high school, and they decided they wanted to have performing arts center director because they were remodeling the auditorium. And I got the job because my office was next door. <laughs> I knew very little about I knew very little about theater technology. Um, I knew lighting a bit. I knew sound a bit because I had been in a top 40 show band back in the 80s in another life. Um, but so this started and then the theater teacher who taught theater, what we call theater arts in Indiana, uh, had asked about creating a technical theater class and that was approved. And he asked me if I would co-teach it with him, which I did. Um, he did he did sets, he did lighting and things, and I mostly did audio. After two years of that, his teaching assignment changed, and I was given the class to run as I saw fit. Hmm. And so there was much more to learn, much more to do. We started out with a traditional schedule of just you know, 45, 50 minutes meeting one period every day. We did change to block scheduling a couple of years later, and that's when we saw our enrollment in tech theater jump dramatically. I think at our height, we had 92 kids in three sections, and we didn't, we couldn't let freshmen take the class. Um, over the years, I've been able to take advantage of relationships with local theater artists, technical directors, and the like, and learned more about learned more about the craft became involved with USITT, United States Institute of Theater Technology, and again, learned more, got to meet more people, and we got better at what we did. Um, kids kids started wanting to do more, and so we tried to offer them more. Um, as I've left the program, we have two beginning classes and one advanced class. Obviously, my advanced class does they provide a lot of leadership, you know, during shows. Beginning students oftentimes are still at, at the light and sound boards, but almost in an apprentice situation mm -hmm. where they're learning how to do things. Um, I've also been in a very fortunate circumstance that my administration has been extremely supportive of the things we wish to do and wanted to try. 
and and one administrator in particular who pumped nearly a quarter of a million dollars into the theater wow. after it was remodeled. And that was for the stuff you don't really see. It was, you know, new lighting, new sound, new drapes, new stage floor. You know, nothing nothing terribly sexy, but but stuff that made our jobs much, much easier. And and again, the ongoing support was was a real plus. And now you're at um, also University of Evansville? Yes. All right. So tell me about what and you're doing there. I, um, at U of E, I'm teaching secondary theater methods, which just meets in the fall, and it's for juniors. It, it, it lives side by side with a class, which is their field experience. Uh, university mandates that they spend one semester in a high school classroom and one semester in a junior high or middle school classroom. Uh, doing theater at the high school level is not that difficult because there are programs in the area. Uh, middle school is a bit harder, and so they get a little more creative on what that may look like to satisfy the requirement. But I'm the class I teach is there to support them in their field experience, to give them potential things to work on, a sounding board if things aren't going quite right, or if they just want to share what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess if if nothing else, my more experienced ear may pick up on things that they are not seeing, both positive and negative. But it's it's very collegial, it's very pleasant, very low key, and I enjoy that. I'm also going to be teaching introduction to theater this year, since now I have more time. <laughs> so, and I must admit, I've never taught an intro class to theater, so I'm anxiously awaiting working on my syllabus and figure out what I'm going to do with these individuals. <laughs> this this will be this will be a new challenge. Um. Uh, there's a couple things I want to hit on from what you what you just shared, um, uh, and things that are, are are actually sounding very much in common with a lot of the other uh, technical theater teachers that I've spoken with recently. And and the first is um, the relationships that you have with your community organizations, as well as USITT, and and the value that that has brought to your program and what you did. Um, is there anything else you can speak to that and kind of how you forge those relationships? Well, within the technical theater community, or if you want to call it the internet entertainment technology community, there, there is a general sense of, we want to help. They are, they may be, you know, with, within entertainment technology, <laughs> the, the different businesses and the like, you know, they may be interested in selling you something, but they also, the guys that work there and the women that work there, love to share their knowledge mm-hmm. and to help you be successful. This is especially true with USITT. You know, much of, US, much, much of USITT's mission is educational. And I know I'm a, I'm a vice chair in the Education Commission. And so much of what we look at doing is how can we help our members, and specifically those student members, get more out of what, what we have to offer to reach out to businesses, reach out to institutions, and seek help. I know that I think the greatest benefit of doing that is it protects us from being just kind of, for lack of a better way, closeted away without any input from anyone else, mm-hmm. that this is how we do it, as, as opposed to reaching out and finding out there are other ways to do it. There may be better ways to do it. And, and to afford our students the opportunity to be part of a much larger community. Um, for instance, uh, my students every year did a tricycle race for a charity called Behind the Scenes. And this is something that's run by, well, it used to be run by the ESTA Foundation, Entertainment Services and Technology Association. That is now simply Behind the Scenes Charity. And so we've raised about sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars over the years for the charity, but my students are participating in something much larger than than them. That the monies they raise may be helping us, you know, may be helping a stagehand in Seattle. It may be providing mental health care for someone in in Florida, and you know they enjoy doing that. And because of that, you know they've gotten some nice some nice write ups. You know 
healthy pats on the back for being participants in that. But also, you know, as we've gotten to know people within the entertainment industry, to bring them into our school and to come in and do sessions with our students. And, and it is, I think it, it's, it speaks well of that larger community that someone who is a recognized expert in what they do, I'm thinking of people like Bill Sapsis with Sapsis Rigging, mm-hmm. coming in as he has on several occasions to do sessions with kids. And there, and there have been many others over the years. And all one really has to do is just ask. Yeah, and, and I think... I think... I think part of this is, and I was just going to say, part of this is a philosophy that we've had of why just these four walls? Why, why do we have to limit what we do to just right here? Can we do more? and Can we do it outside our building? Well, and that, and that speaks to kind of what many teachers have, have talked about with me about that feeling of isolation and being stuck in, in their room or in their theater and no one else in their building know what knows what they really do. Um, but I appreciate what you, what you shared about uh, getting out in the community and, and beyond the four walls, like you said, and, and really giving back to the community and, and making yourself an integral part of that and making yourself invaluable to not just your school, but your community as well. It's, you know, it's, it has been a unique opportunity, for instance, the students for, I guess, the last 15 years, 12, no, I've lost track. Um, probably the last 15 years have done lighting for the, our local Philharmonic in Evansville. And we, so we do moving light stuff for them for their Christmas concert and the periodic concert that would benefit from things that wiggle and, and, and click on and off. Uh, we also we also build sets and design lighting for a big fundraiser for a local organization called Ark of Evansville, mm. and this is a charitable event that raises roughly hundred thousand dollars on one Saturday every February. But the students have the opportunity to go out and do the work. They have an opportunity to go into a union house and work side by side with the stagehands, and and they also get a field trip out of school typically for it. Well, and that, I buy them lunch. <laughs> what a what a fantastic experience for them, though. I mean, that that real world. This is what we really do. If this is what you're thinking about, this is what it really looks like. So, I think that's fantastic. Um, what what beyond it, the things that you've told me already, because what what you've shared already is like right up my alley, and it would automatically spark my interest to want to be a part of the program. But do you have any any other tips or tricks up your sleeve for for recruiting? Because what ninety two kids in three sections of tech theater? That's insane. <laughs> well, I, I I was chatting with some colleagues in out in out in D.C. and they they asked me what planet I was from. <laughs> I think I think I think as much as anything, and it, this was not purposeful, and 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 I'm and I'm not suggesting that I'm wise beyond my years, but seemingly my approach to the class caused the kids to feel that what they were doing was important and what they were doing was integral to the success of the class, that they truly were needed and their best effort was expected. Um, And I think that drew kids in. Um, They liked being the experts. Hmm. Kids liked being the experts. And if my students will walk into, for instance, we've done, We've done lighting for a number of the area high schools over the years. And, you know, they enjoy going into the high school, you know, 20 miles away and, and doing, you know, doing the hang, doing the focus, cueing a show and feeling like this show wouldn't look quite as good if we weren't here and taking pride in that. Um, I do think that was, I think that was one element that, that drew them in. I also think they did recognize that this was something out of the ordinary. Mm. I would tell them that, you know, at that time there were there were 43 high schools in Indiana that offered technical theater, and we were the only ones in our area that did. Uh, one school in Evansville started having stagecraft, but it disappeared when the teacher left, and so we were kind of the only game in town. And you know there. If, if that is the case, you do feel like you have a certain responsibility to try to do it right and to provide leadership in the area. Uh, I continue to do workshops for local schools because oftentimes you know, one of the largest issues within, within theater is 
will the administration, is the administration willing to pay to have a theater kept up? Do they have inspections? Do they replace equipment when it breaks? Do they, do people actually have training on how to use the equipment? And so trying to provide that as an experience for my own students as they participate in workshops for other schools and the like, but also, you know, again, trying to show leadership within this, that theater is fun, theater is community, theater is, well, let's face it, you know, it's a social activity at the high school level in many ways. That's tr still true at the college level in some regards. Mm -hmm. But the theater is also a business, and it's a professional it's a professional, professional endeavor. And if we treat it as professionals, I think that is attractive as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about, um, beyond what you just shared, uh, of, of your community involvement and, and the work? The, the stellar work you did with your students. What other what other advice can you give young teachers who are working to uh, gain a stronger administrative support? Because uh, I know when I when I first started teaching, my first few years of teaching, uh, my administrative support was ab abysmal to zero. And then my 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 the final school that I was at, my last twelve years of teaching, I had an amazing principal who believed in the power of what we were doing. And then when he saw the tremendous things that my kids were doing, not only in our school building, but in the community and the state as well, he, that, that support raised even more. So do you have any advice or, or, or tips or tricks you can share with us about that? I think making your, making your administration aware of what you are doing, include them in the conversation. And this is not so much that standpoint of that somehow the principal wants to be able to you know, sign off on the fall play, but actually include them in the conversations, making them aware of things that may be happening. Uh, a good example is the recent FCC auction of the 600 megahertz transmission bands. Um, this, Im this impacted about half, half of the high schools in the, in the country, hmm. that, that within two years, in well, actually 2020, that if they're functioning in the 600 megahertz range with wireless microphones, they are trespassing mm -hmm. and that those systems need to be replaced. That making, you know, and your principal may not want to hear that they need to spend money, but that you are actively involved in making your program function more correctly, mm -hmm. that you are, you are, you are really interested in making sure that your theatrical space is being well tended. Um, because I, I do think they you know they may not they may not have a clue about restoration drama, but they do know if if fire retardancy with stage curtains may be questionable, mm -hmm. and that and that that is something that needs to be addressed. They may not understand rigging inspections, but if OSHA is mentioned, they may get that okay this is this is something that OSHA says needs to be addressed, and so I think including them in the conversations. Not, not being fearful, and I do think, especially if you're in a building that has multiple administrators, you know, besides besides the principal that you have an assistant principal that you have a dean, to make sure that you're talking to all of them. And like anything else, you're going to find out those who are more your friends than others, and that become you know that becomes your greater resource. And every now and again, you get you get the principal whose wife is a theater teacher. <laughs> And he and he and he got it. So um, I do think also, I do think also if you can show professional growth in your area, mm. they will listen to you more. So um, I started writing for publications about 15, 16 years ago. Um, initially, was writing some articles for projection lights and staging news uh, back then, just PLSN and. Sometimes these were how-to articles. Sometimes they were, they were, come on, guys, you can go out and help the high schools. You know, go and try to pitch in. Um, then I started doing technical editing and writing for Educational Theater Association. I was the technical editor for their magazines for 10 years and continue to write. And I think being able to, you know, being able to just put a magazine in your principal's mailbox with an FYI, stuck to it and paperclip on the page of the article you wrote doesn't hurt you. And if there are, op if there are opportunities to do that, if there are, you know, within your state organizations, 
know, for Educational Theater Association, like I know, you know, Illinois has has a very strong theater theater organization. Um, are they still meeting each year in Champaign? Uh, the are you specifically talking about the theater association or the high school theater festival? With the high school theater festival, yeah, they uh, um, we go so back and I, yeah, we go back and forth between Champaign and Bloomington. We 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 alternate years. Okay, okay, because because I I know I presented I presented one mm. year in Champaign, uh, but getting involved with organizations like that, which helps you with your networking, which you know, I think especially for young teachers, which is the whole purpose of all of this. Is that you know you don't you are not alone. Don't isolate yourself. There are people to talk to, and not just on Facebook where you can bemoan your particular fate on any given day, <laughs> but that there are genuine resources out there, and and people who have done it and and you know get their take on things. I, and I do think you know social media is a wonderful thing, but I think social media sometimes, although it can be helpful, it also can allow you to just I don't know, get weighed down by your problems. Mm-hmm. And there, there, are, there can be better ways to better ways to help solve your problems and, and better groups to, to, you know, better groups to align yourself with. Um, the other, there's, there's a Facebook page for, for high school theater teachers. And, and I made a comment the other day, it was, it was on a picture that appeared and I, and I just simply said, well, let's all raise our right hands and say, yeah, we've done dumb stuff. Let's promise never do that again. Oh my, oh my! <laughs> I should have kept my. I was. <laughs> I it was not well received, and I thought that was not my intent, guys. That's why you know you, we shouldn't really do things like this. If you're trying to promote a culture of safety, then don't do something that's just obviously dumb. <laughs> and they didn't enjoy hearing that, so I haven't posted anything this week. I'll keep my mouth shut. Well, I appreciate you sharing that about uh, inviting your administration to the table. When I, when I did my uh, research for my my doctoral program, uh, that was what my dissertation was on. It was about uh, defining what a good theater teacher is and what they look like in their classroom. And I spoke with principals, and that was a resounding thing. Is they they said that I don't, I'm not the expert in what you're teaching. That's your job. And they said, but but I want to be invited in. If there's something you want me to see, if there's something you want me to be a part of, you have to ask me um, because their hands are in a thousand different pies and, and, and we, we have to be our own advocates at, at times. So if, if, if we want our administrative administrators to be involved, we sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone and say, Hey, come, come to my second period. See the great things we're doing today. Or, Hey, yeah, come. And you know, precisely that to make them aware. I, my most recent principal uh, said, you know, I don't know what you're doing, but I can tell when teaching is going on. I can tell when it, when the classroom is, is, is doing good things. And to, to not make them feel like somehow you're hiding from them. You know, and I was going to say we, that one of our local schools, and I was not aware of this until I went to my very, very first musical that they did. And noted that the producer of the show was the principal of the school. Hmm. That that his office was handling all the paperwork. And I thought, what a great idea! That is that is cool. Yeah. And uh, you know, anything. And yes, it's not just you know a few hardworking parents and and kids. It's you know the administration is there. So. Well, well, thank you for sharing about that. Um, I want to shift gears just a, a little bit and talk about um, your 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 long career and what what you've done with with, with students. Um, can you give any advice for um, young teachers or even current teachers who are are thinking, "Oh my goodness, thirty years in this job that seems so long and so hard, and I don't know if I'll make it." What what can they do to um, take care of themselves to have a long career and still love what they're doing? Have a life. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am, I am, I am much like my father, and my father was a workaholic, and and dad wasn't really happy unless he was busy working, and I'm much the same way. However, I have discovered 
probably a little too late in my career that you had to have a life outside. Mm. You had to do things, you know, go play golf. <laughs> don't just, don't just binge watch Netflix on the weekend because you're too exhausted to do anything else to, you know, to become involved in things besides what you actively pursue and, you know, your day-to-day business. I, I've joked over the years that, you know, I never went, you know, I, one, I never went to work. I just went to school and they paid me for my hobbies. Mm. And there was a lot of truth in that. You know, I enjoy what I do and I'm, and, and I'm invested in it. But also the reality that if you don't have something going on outside of that, then what do you have what do you have when 30 years clicks by and, and you decided to leave? That I think you also have to accept that you're going to have up times and down times. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it's a little bit like a, a song by the birds from Ecclesiastes to every season mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know, you're going, you're going to have profitable years and you're going to have building years. You're going to have, you're going to have, times when the students are making you crazy and times that you just couldn't be prouder. But it's, it's part of what we do. I do think also you have to, you have to think in terms of how do you measure success? Is success the quality of the production or is the success, the success of the student who did something that they never did before? I think oftentimes we, we spend an awful lot of time trying to make something perfect, and that wasn't the point. Hmm. The point was the kid, the kid who tried to do something and was unsuccessful, but they tried. You know, the, I, I, tell, I tell my students about one student I have in particular who we designed, uh, we designed the scenery for our production of Joseph, the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And I had this idea of these, of these moving panels on stage, and it was going to be so cool. It was, oh, it was just going to be great. And so two of my students, one in particular, set themselves to task, and they built this entire track system only to find out that it didn't work. Oh. <laughs> and, and when we finally said, it's not going to work, then he was back the next day because he, his thought was, well, I tried. And when we worked really hard, it just didn't work. And so I thought he gained more from that than anybody because he discovered that something that he, that he dreamt up, that we dreamt up together, just didn't work. And that's okay. It's okay to fail. Hmm. And I think it's particularly hard as a teacher to accept that some days you're just not going to be really good at it or that we missed the point of the lesson, you know, is, you know, is, is scenic design or lighting design about the quality of the design or is it the process that helps create a good design? Is it your stick to it Is it your willing, is it your willingness to draw it? Yes. For the seventh time, or if you're fighting the software to go back and fight it yet again, that, you know, do we, do the, do we show them grit and earnestness and that it's okay to fail. <laughs> so, um, I like I said, there's I think keeping perspective, and and because you're there are going to be times you are going to feel burned out. There's going to be times that the last thing you want to do is go to school, that you hate this play, that you hate this show. These kids drive you crazy, but you know, there's next week and there's next year and there's the next decade yet to come. And if you intend to be there. <laughs> I think you need to take a deep breath. And, and you know, I, I think the phrase now is self-care. Mm-hmm. Like probably 50 years ago, self-care involved bourbon. But I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that. Well, well, what are you doing with your spare time now in your retirement? I know you're teaching um, at University of Evansville, but what else are you doing? Well, I'll, I'll use my joke, professional taxidermy. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> That's a, someone. Someone asked why I was doing this. Well, let's think about professional taxidermy. Um, right now, I am I am working on um, creating a new nationally normed exam for technical theater for high school students. All right. Uh, this is being done. This is being done through USITT. And yes, please tell your students about it. Uh, if you go to USITT.org. And you look under, I think education is the tab. You'll see something there listed as ESET, 
he said essential skills for entertainment technicians. And USITT took this over a few years ago. And right now, besides the tests that are there, we're also creating a new test that'll be geared towards high school students and specifically those high school students who are involved in technical theater through through under the CTE umbrella. All right. And so and so there's a group of us from around the country who are who have been putting our heads together and working on this. We we hope to do beta tests this fall and maybe have something to roll out by next summer. Um, but doing that, um, also doing some other work with USITT and see what else am I doing? Um, I continue to write articles. Most recently, I've been doing some articles for a publication called High School Today. And the monthly publications, rather slick looking, but it's, it, is, it is a lot of managing your space, looking at the potentials of technical theater, especially as you are trying to, as an administrator, trying to understand what it is they are doing, understanding the educational opportunities that are there, but also keeping them informed about changes in, well, like the FCC auction, uh, some new guidelines that are coming down from OSHA in regards to rigging, the new rigging inspection standard. Um, the other thing I the other thing I do is, I am, I'm on the board of directors for the Entertainment Services and Technology Association, and so we we have the work that we do specifically. One of the major things that ESTA does is writing standards for the industry. And for instance, one of our latest standards that's come out, uh, E1.47 is the code for it, is, is guidelines for rigging inspections, what those should look like, and discussing how to do them, um, where to find resources, what to expect. Well, it sounds and, like you haven't and, slowed down. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I, I did not have any intention necessarily of slowing down. Uh, in, in all honesty, um, for the better part of 30 years, I've gotten up at 5, 10 in the morning and and had my coffee and read the newspaper and got in the car and would drive to school. The past year and a half, I started thinking about when I got to come home. Hmm. And I think that was a clue that maybe something different is will be will be a good thing. And so... You know, as I said, I had no intention of, of stopping work. I just do something a little different. I'm, I should also be in starting this fall. Should also be working with with our local stage union, and and that'll be fun. I've, I've worked with with folks for, in in the union for years, mostly as the guy, the lighting the lighting designer, who was coming in to do stuff. And so this would be a little different, working more as their more as their colleague and and workmate. Um, and I, I'm envisioning that University of Evansville is going to keep me busy. Besides, besides those two classes, I'm also conducting the women's ensemble at the university. All right. As I said, that's um, so. And I, we didn't speak about it directly. I have no formal training in entertainment technology. I have no formal training in theater. This was all. This was all kind of done. While I was start, while I was teaching it to the kids, I was so fortunate that I, I love choral music. It's it's my my undergrad and, and graduate degree is in choral conducting. I found a second passion, in some regards, something I'm even more passionate about than, than choral music. I think technical theater, lighting especially, but all aspects of it are incredibly fascinating, challenging. That you know that we get to make art every now and again, we get to make a little art that when you, you know, that you look at a lighting cue and you say that, well, it takes your breath away or the, one of my favorite things with my students, when, when we start teaching the light board and we would set up, you know, they would record a couple of cues and they would hit go and they would look at the stage and see colors changes, something, something to happen on stage it was like they were creating magic and the look in their eye and they got hooked because they wanted to do that again. Now, you know, obviously it takes years to figure out where to, where to put the lights, but 
you know, most anyone can learn to run a life board. And if that's how they get into it, that's great. Um, other, you know, other things I'm going to be doing, at least I, I assume I'm going to be doing, uh, is doing cons- consulting and teaching classes for other, for other uh, high schools in the region. Um, I've, I've started a consultancy and working with one of the local regional lighting dealers to work with their clients because I enjoy doing that a lot. I've, I've taught a lot at the Best Inn Festival in Nebraska and, and other such things and hope to do more of that too. Mostly, mostly try to stay out of my wife's way. <laughs> I hear you. Um, for, cause I am a non-technical theater person and you came in as no. a non-technical theater and theater person. Um, you must have learned some tricks and tips along the way that you can share with us non-technical theater people that is, you know, something that we, we need to have in our back pocket that's super easy and, and that we can totally use. Do you have anything that you can share with us? Well, um, I guess the first one would be a caution. You know, if you don't know, if you don't know how to do something, please don't try to teach it. Mm. You can learn how to do it. Um, I do think, I do think there there are things that you can do, resources that are available to you that sometimes we are unaware of. And when you look when you look at what we do, for instance, with you know building sets, there are organizations that provide so many resources. The Power Tool Institute out of Cleveland, Ohio, and I think and I think it's just Power Tool Institute online. Anyway, you can look for it all kinds of great posters and how-tos and safety guides and, and information, stuff that is bilingual, that can be a tremendous help. Uh, exp- exploring, exploring CTE websites, specifically CTE online, so many lesson plans available there for teaching tools. So, so may, we may be learning a little bit with our students at the time, but that's, that is you know, a tremendous resource. One thing I, t- I tell my students at the university, you know, if you're trying to figure out what to teach in technical theater, start with what you know. Teach your equipment. You know, it's, it's really cool to do pixel mapping and projection, but if you don't really have that, then how about if we just teach them how to program the light board? How about if we ha- learn to hang light efficiently? If we don't have fancy rigging, what can we learn with the rigging that we have? that there are tons of things to know how to do. One of my colleagues would say, teach them to sweep. Well, that's true too. <laughs> there, there's a correct way to sweep. Um, I do think that, you know, I don't know if handy tips or tricks. I will share, a, you know, if you'd like, I can share a really cool lesson that a friend of mine developed. His name is Scott Parker. When you talk about lighting fixtures, and, and spe- specifically when we talk about ellipsoidals, they come in different different degrees. You have, for instance, 10 degree, 19 degree, 26 degree, 36. Does this sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and in the old days, we used to talk about them in, in terms of focal length, uh, 6 by 9, 6 by 12, 6 by 22. And all that's, you know, all that's good. But, you know, when you talk about degrees, it really means absolutely nothing to the kids. You can kind of describe it, but this friend of mine, Scott, came up with this great idea. To take a piece of paper, what is the angle on any one of the corners? And, and the students will say 90 degrees. They now fold it at the corner, basically fold it in half. Now what is, what is the degree? And they will say, well, that's 45. Now hold the pointy, up, pointy end up to your eye and look out across the rest of the paper that's kind of what a 40-degree fixture will cover. Fold it again. What do you have? 22 and a half. That's an awful lot like what a 20-degree fixture will cover. The idea of if I'm standing this far from the stage, how big of an area can I hit? It is, you know, it's kind of lighting and origami, but it's, it's a great tool. And there's more you can do with it than that. So I thought you could do that, you know, if you're teaching a class, you know, in a hotel ballroom, you could do that. Um, that there are there are some interesting things you can do in terms in terms of scenic painting that 
for instance, I have, I have a colleague, well, he's there in Illinois, up in Rockford, and he has the kids do four different painting techniques with their names. It's one of the first things they do in their beginning class. And um, for that, for that, um, he has them scumble, he has them do crosshatch, I can't think of the other two techniques he touches on, oh, spattering, and, but they do it with their name, and then they can take it home. And again, this doesn't require great skill, and, it's, and it is going to be good use of their time. Well, I, I appreciate hearing that. I'm kind of blown with the, my mind is blown right now with the, the, the lighting lesson. I wish I'd, I wish someone had taught me that. <laughs> I was going to say the, pa- the paper folding is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thinking back over your career, can you think of um, uh, maybe your favorite story, a funny moment, a, a horror story, a, a most meaningful moment um, looking back over your career that, that you can share with us? I think a learning moment for me, I, I can be, I didn't realize that I was a micromanager. And of course, I don't think many micromanagers know that. About <laughs> That's right. What do you mean? I was just trying to help. And one of, one of my kids, and this was, this was just about five or six years ago, one of my kids, girl, who was our sound op, I was up in the booth during the musical, and she said, Mr. Taylor, you make us nervous. And I think what it was, you know, a light cue came a half second late, and I gasped. Or there was, you know, there was a mic was a little too loud or maybe not loud enough, or a sound effect came late. And I I just drove them crazy. And so from Courtney, I learned to get the heck out of the booth. Let the kids do the job, you know. They may make mistakes, but it's nothing you're going to fix. And, it, and again, you know, if I tell them it's okay to make mistakes, then why don't I let them have the have the opportunity to do so? I've spent the last several years, you know, backstage watching the show, sometimes out in the audience. And if it's a longer running show, perhaps I go to my office and do some paperwork. That was a very important lesson for me because it, it told me something about myself. Um, I will avoid the horror stories. <laughs> um, because, well, there are those things that, you know, there are those things that you can do within technical theater and you think, Lord in heaven, how, how in the world did we ever survive that? You know, and again, this gets into the realm of don't teach what, don't try to teach what you don't know. Don't just assume that you understand something until you can verify that you understand it. Because like me, you could have the pull, the kids pull 60 feet worth of track off a baton and never reweight. It didn't even dawn on me that something bad could have happened. Hmm. And I think, you know, that's not dissimilar to the eight-year-old Dana Taylor who saw, saw people, were, saw a television program called American Sportsman, and they were rappelling off a cliff. And I thought that was just really cool. So I got the clothesliner open and went out behind the house where we had a big sandstone outcropping, and I tied the clothesline rope off on a stump, wrapped the rope around my hand, and jumped. Oh. And, yeah, we, we dodged that bullet. <laughs> and, well, and, you know, and this, I, I think, you know, we all have the horror stories. We all have the bullets that we have dodged. Let's, let's, let's not make them seem, seem like it was just the best of times <laughs> because we dodged that, dodged well. There was several years ago, I, I wrote an article and it was, you know, and it started, I, I saw, I saw a t-shirt at a USITT conference and it said sleep is for the weak. And, and out of this, you know, we came up with the idea of why are we applauding ourselves for having avoided disaster? Why do we assume that being so tired, our brains can't even function, that that's an, that's appropriate to be in the theater. To take that into theory, yes, we all work hard, and yes, we've all had, we've all spent, you know, we've all been there so long that we never saw the sunlight on one particular day. That, but you know, that's not necessarily not necessarily something to aspire to. That's not necessarily the war story you may wish to tell. <laughs> that, that we, you know, so 
I really can't, I really can't think of any any shockers beyond what I've had. I, you know, I've had had some relatively funny things happen to me at times, but it was mostly because I ended up looking looking like an idiot, and that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have shared uh, some really great resources so far with us. Um, is there anything else that you might could think of that that young teachers or veteran teachers who are struggling with technical theater or just teaching in general um, that they, that they need to have on their, either their bookshelf or they've bookmarked in a website or um, an organization that they, they need to know about. First and foremost, if, if I'm teaching at the high school or college level and I'm not, if I'm not associated in some way with USITT, United States Institute for technical or for theater, for technical theater, say right in, and it's usitt.org. It is not expensive, and if you're a student, I think it's 25 bucks to, mm. to belong. And and this, you know, this that this doesn't get you into the conference for free, but you know, a little cheaper, you know. But to take advantage of that, the various commissions that function within usitt, extremely valuable and great resources. If you if you are if you are, you know, talking with your students, and and I know that we all do this because you know we all went to college and we see college as, as the natural goal of any high school student, but looking at going, especially if you live, live in a larger metropolitan area where there is a stage union, the IATSC, apprenticing to the stage union, it is a wonderful career. I have a colleague who has told me the story of going back to her high school and talking about entertainment technology. And she's with a large company that manufactures stage machinery. And she said, think about the ending credits of a movie. There's one or two pages of actors, and then there are 30 pages of people who get up and go to work every day, send their kids to college, pay their mortgage. And sometimes those people went to college, sometimes they did not. And that working as a stagehand is can be a very good living. It can be very satisfying. It may not be, you know, it may not be shiny. It may not be fancy, and you may not be famous. But it's it's never, you know, I, if it's the fame you're looking for, well, then you're definitely in the wrong business. Because most of us involved in theater will will be relatively unknown, except to our students. Um, that. If you can, if you are teaching high school and you are not a member of the Educational Theater Association, join. Uh, as far as books on the shelf, as much as that, take advantage of ma- magazines that are available, especially those that cost nothing. That is, it, subscriptions are free. Specifically, PLSN, um, also front of house, FOH which is audio, PLSN is lighting and projection. And then a very a very good magazine called Stage Directions. Mm-hmm. All, of these are, all of these are published by Timeless Communications. They're completely driven by advertising dollars, so they offer them for free. And they are really good resources because you're going to find stuff in there, especially when you know, you're looking at new equipment, you know, that, well, what do I buy? Well, you can read product reviews, and they're honest to goodness reviews in there. They're not just. It may be there because they paid for an ad, but the review is the review is is genuine. Um, there are you know, local arts organizations. You know, becoming friends with the local technical director at the community theater. I learned. I've learned so much from from the guy that's been at the community theater here in Evansville, Charles Julius. All kinds of stuff. Because this is Char- this is what Charles has done professionally his entire life, and you know, with time does come some wisdom and some tricks. Of, you know, sometimes it's simple stuff. Sometimes it's those things you go, "Well, I never thought about that." Um, a couple of you know, a couple of books that, that are worthwhile having: the Backstage Handbook. Um, it's just a great resource. Uh, I think any good college level textbook, especially anything by Michael Gillette. Lighting is is great. Um, there are there are a couple for for scenic construction, but I'm almost I, but I'm almost. If you look at any of the Yale publications that you know that have to do with have to do with technology, those are good resources. 
basic drama projects. Um, I was asked to be the technical editor for the ninth edition, and I thought, well, that sounds that sounds like fun, and so I did that, and and we we sent off all of our stuff, and this was good, and then I didn't get to look at the galleys, you know, that which they look at before they actually publish it. All of my all of the information I give them given them in regard in regard to constructing a Hollywood style flat was correct. All the imagery showed them constructing them not by not out of one by four, but out of two by fours. If you get the opportunity to do this, please ask to see the artwork because that will forever be to my shame that it's a two by four in the picture and not a one by four. My final question for you would be: What is your um, what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers coming into the field? That's an excellent question. <laughs> I think for for most of us, we get into theater, we get into the arts because it's the only thing that we can see ourselves doing. I think as theater educators, there is that mix of I love to be on stage or I love to be in the scene shop. And now I'm also going to be teaching children how to do it. Is is it you? I, I think you need to look at it. And this is just being honest with yourself. What is it that you love more? Is it the, is it the art form? or is it the students? It seems like those who are more successful are those that maybe love the students more than the art form, where what, what we do is just the tool we use to teach students. You know, that we teach them about life, we teach them about longevity, you know, in any career that, and that's just honest reflection. I, I know those, you know, and I don't know if, if you hear it from your theater ed students, you know, well, you know, if things don't work, I can always teach. Mm. Well, that's not a good answer. You know, in, in, in college studying music, you know, if my career doesn't work out, I can always be a teacher. Or, or what my, my own theater ed students suffer from at University of Evansville, a BFA looking at them with a straight face saying, oh, one day we'll all be teachers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for pity, for pity's sake. You know, some of us really just want to be teachers. Yeah. I think it is, and, you know, and that that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a teaching degree. But I think a, a good examination of of why we do what we do so that we can be more effective teachers. I think one regret that I have is early on I did not I did not ally myself with educational organizations. That I missed the boat on some things that I might have done better. In terms of what you know, what are the standards? Now, I will tell you this, the standards in the state of Indiana for technical theater were not extant. I mean, scratch out Shakespeare, write in table saw. <laughs> that was literally that was literally the guidance I received from the state office. Wow. But but now but it's different now. You know, with the, with the new art standards and. You know, and that there are honest to goodness technical theater things in there. You have to look for them, but they are there, mm-hmm. um, especially in regard to design. But I do think, you know, those parting words, you know, how fortunate we are to get to do what we do. That unlike, unlike so many of our BFA buddies, in 20 years, we are probably still going to be in the business. And that's not, well, look at me, that is how fortunate I am. You know, I talked about my father earlier, that dad was a workaholic. He also, he told me once, he said, you know, you're fortunate if you get to spend 60% of your time doing stuff you like and only 40% the jade. I've been running about 95 and 5 my entire career. How fortunate is that? And, and how many people can say that? Now, yes, part of this is attitude, part of it is opportunity, part of it is, you know, just who you are. But I think as teachers especially, we have such a unique opportunity. And and not that we are dismissive of it. I don't think we always understand how lucky we are. And, you know, you can talk about salaries and you can talk about media administrators and you can talk about endless testing. But what we get to do, especially in the arts, is so unique and so enriching. It's difficult for us to imagine the algebra teacher who gets the same rush we do when something works right. Maybe they do. And I'm sure they I'm sure they do. I just 
it's hard for me to imagine that it is ex, is as exciting that well this last this last fall um the kids wanted wanted to do something major uh last year last year was was midsummer and they enjoy doing midsummer and our our kids enjoy shakespeare this year they really wanted to do Macbeth. And you know, Macbeth in the hands of a 14 year old is, is not exactly, well, it's a blunt weapon. (laughs) And and then hand them blunt weapons. (laughs) It was, it was incredibly well done. I'm yes. I mean, yes, there were the, there were the few stray things. Well, that could be better. You know, you are obviously from Bosey County, aren't you? But to hear the to hear the kids speak, to be to refine to refine the lighting, to try a new scenic technique. You know, I, I see this at the University of Venezuela because they function with they function with uh, a, a thrust stage. You know, there's the fourth wall doesn't really exist, and so whatever they build kind of has to live there the whole time. And so, and we have proscenium theater, which means we have a lot more options. But we decided that the entire set would be a Celtic knot, 16 feet in diameter, and 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 raked, and that was the entire set except for a, a, a few pieces of fabric hanging at the back, which were dyed red and look and looked like ripped battle flags. And God, that was fun to light. It was fun to build, and and to, you know to see the kids, you know. It didn't need to have this lavish set. You know, a couple of decades ago, we built the Globe Theater. It still lives in our stock. You know, we we tried to do it as as inch by inch as we could, and it was it was really a great challenge. And it took us so long that we we kept it. Well, most of it's gone now, except for the pillars that held up the, that held up the sky. But it was you know in this case. It was all new challenges. It was new ways of looking at the lighting. It was new ways of looking at the scenic construction. It was material that they had never touched before. And that was, it's just, it's just difficult to imagine that a geometry teacher got as much of a rush out of doing that as I did, that it was really fun. It was, why did I retire? I don't know. What was I thinking? <laughs> Well, Dana, thank you so much for reaching out to me and for for chatting with me today. I have I've loved listening to your stories and your your words are inspiring to me. So I'm hoping that other other theater teachers out there and uh, theater ed students are gonna um, are gonna get something out of what you shared. So thank you so much for talking with me today. Well, you're quite welcome, and thank you for inviting me. Dana, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I appreciate all that you had to say, and I I learned so much from talking with you. Um, It's great for me to go back and listen to the interviews that I did several months back. I I recorded most of these tech interviews back at the beginning of the summer, Um, and uh, so hearing them now and and learning learning the things all over again has been really great for me. So I hope you are enjoying them and getting as much out of them as I am. I'm going to turn my attention now to my student teacher who is out in the field, Kelly Lawrence. She is at Thornton Fractional South High School in Lansing, Illinois, and she's doing a fantastic job with an amazing group of students and her fantastic CT, and she's just learning so much, so I'm excited for you to hear what she has to say. All right, Kelly, so tell me how things have been going. been good. Um, I can't remember if it was one week or two weeks ago that we last talked about everything. About two weeks, yeah. Um, but I know within that time, I, um, I've done a lot of work with like building relationships with a lot of my students. Um, and I feel like I've come a long way just within those two weeks than the last time we've talked. Um, so really happy about that. I've been doing a lot of um, individual, like talking to them. And I, I just feel like that that's helped so much. And I don't know why it didn't come to me sooner that that helps a lot because during my 385 project when I had like 10 actors all who were in my show the entire time 
And I thought to myself, like, I can't possibly get anything done without all 10 of them there at the same time, because there's never a point where there are certain kids that are off or certain uh, actors who are not in the scene. But then it wasn't until I started having practices where only like two people were able to show up. And that's when I got the most work, like most work done. And I was able to talk to those students and build a little bit a better relationship with those students because it was like more individual and more um, of a smaller group. And that's what I've been doing the past couple of weeks uh, with each of my classes. Um, they've been kind of on the same schedule of they get a uh, pantomime and then they get two days to work on that pantomime and then on Monday they perform it. And on Fridays, usually how it was going was they kind of have like a free day to rehearse with their partner. But what I had been doing is instead of giving them the time, I say that uh, I give each group a time to rehearse on stage by themselves rather than having to share the stage and um, do it in front of me. So I could give them a little bit of a feedback with it. And then that way, the first time that they're performing on stage with it all to themselves, it's not the first time they're getting graded. So it gives them a little bit of a chance to get comfortable. But I just found that doing that, like talking to each one of those groups, I've learned so much more about every single one of my students than I would have like as the whole group. Um, and I, I genuinely, I wish I would have done it sooner, kind of talking to each individual one or at least going up to them to be like, hey, how's your day going? It, it just helps wonders. So that, that's what I've been doing the past few weeks and it's helped tremendously. Good, good. And how do you feel um, about your classroom management and your planning and, and how, how all that's going? I know you're doing your planning because I see it every week, but how do you yeah. feel all that's going? Um, it, it's, it's got its highs and lows. I know there's certain points where I'm just so frustrated with not being able to either fit certain things into the week where I want them to be. Like if I need them to get to point B by the end of the week, I need to figure out how to do X, Y, and Z before getting to there. I know those letters didn't even <laughs> go together, but you know what I mean? Um, and sometimes it works and I get so, so excited when it does. And then other times it doesn't and I have to rearrange things. And my theater production class specifically, I've probably had to rewrite those lesson plans like 20 different times each week just because part of their grade is working on the set for the musical that they're doing. And, but if the person who's working tech hasn't given us our, like the design plans yet, or if he doesn't specify what he needs, then we can't do that. And I've got a whole week's worth of stuff that I now need to either push till next week or figure out something to do in the meantime. And uh, so being flexible is definitely also something that I've been working on because <laughs> I've had to, uh, had to switch around at the spur of the moment. and multiple times leading up to that point <laughs> well but has that helped any with your your confidence in front of the kids and and your confidence in what you're doing there yeah yeah I definitely think so I know um today was kind of another one of those days where I had to come up with like a spur of the moment thing to do mm -hmm. um because what we were planning on doing I found out the hour before we couldn't because of the same reasons, like with the, we couldn't work on the set that day. So, and that's all that I had planned. So I had to come up with something within the hour before for us to do. And um, it's definitely gotten a lot easier for me to get to that point. Um, and I know during, like if I ever have to do that actually during the hour, I think the, the kids have seen that too. And um, I, I, I never have, an issue with like coming up with something or keeping them busy or something like that. So I think I see that that's a good thing. And I know another thing that I've learned is like keeping them busy is like key. Like don't just let them have an, Oh, like if something could be done in five minutes, don't give them 10 minutes to do it. <laughs> give them a time restraint, do it. And then have something immediately in your back pocket to do that. So, uh, that's definitely helped a lot. Uh, 
yeah 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 well i i enjoyed watching you this past week and i can definitely tell some growth and you and i are going to go over that in just a little bit and get to into the nitty-gritty of that but i i it was encouraging to see that growth and you definitely took the things that i recommended from the last time i observed and put them into practice and i know it was a totally different group of kids but but you were doing those things that i that i mentioned and i know i know your cooperating teacher is 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 there with you and she's, she's helping you in the moment and, and helping you. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it's really good that you're having that experience of as, as frustrating as it is and as challenging yeah. as it is, those in the moment changes or the period before having to rethink what you're doing because something happens. Yeah. That's just real life. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm planning to be in the auditorium six period to work on my set and suddenly the principal wants to have a, an assembly that period. Okay. What That's are we going to do in my classroom? Now? Yep. <laughs> so, so it's just, it's real life. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're getting that experience and, and I know, I know you're handling it really well because I would, I would have heard by now if you, if you weren't <laughs> and I know you are. So, so yeah, thanks for chatting thank with you. us this week. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kelly, for chatting with me. Thank you, Dana, for joining us on the show this week. I want to thank you for listening. Please check out our website, www.thedtalks.com. That's T-H-E-D-T-A-L-K-S.com. You can find all of our past episodes. You can subscribe to the show there. You can go back and check out all the resources that each of the teachers have brought to you, as well as find the transcripts from each of the shows. Please make sure you go on your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, AnyPod, tune in. Go on there, subscribe to the show, rate us, review us, tell us what you're thinking about it, and most importantly, share it with those theater educators or future theater educators in your life. Please don't forget that we have a fantastic new segment coming up soon on the show called So This Just Happened. And it is all about you and all about the questions and situations and stories that have come up in your classroom and situations that have come up. And you just know that you are not alone in dealing with these things, whether it be in your classroom, in your school, or your community as a theater teacher. Um, We want to hear from you. So go on fedtalks.com, click on So This Just Happened, and it'll take you right to an online form where you can submit those scenarios, questions, and situations to us. We're going to read them on the air, and my friend Miriam Kirkendall and I are going to bounce ideas off of each other with some possible responses, solutions, and interventions to what you give us for the show. If you'd like to come on and talk about it, we would love to have that as well. Or you can just submit anonymously. Submit as many of those as you'd like to have us discussed, discuss, but please only submit topics that do not need immediate attention and are not emergency type questions. I also began a new segment on our social media and on the website called Pep Talks. If you have not checked that out, you need to do so. It's just a quick a quick video of me musing about a particular topic of something that I find interesting or that's on my mind and that I think could help you. So check us out on all our social media for that. If you're wondering where we are on social media, on Twitter, we're at Theater Ed Talks. On Tumblr, thedtalks.tumblr.com. On Facebook, find us on Fed Talks. Instagram, at Fed Talks Podcast. And of course, you can always find things on our website, www.fedtalks.com. Don't hesitate reaching out to me if you want to be a guest on the show or if you have top ideas for topics on the show or if you have some feedback for me. I'd love to hear that too. Email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman, again, for the use of your original music, Magnetize and Flip the Record. Very grateful to you both. And I'm grateful to you teachers and theater ed students and theater ed professors for listening. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a fantastic week. Keep doing amazing things with your kids. And uh, I look forward to interacting with you on social media and checking out next week's episode. I'm Jimmy Chrisman, and this has been Fed Talks. Hope you have a great week.